It takes humans about 30 days to adapt to a low salt diet. Uh, on average, that means some people it's going to take longer, some people much quicker. Uh, it takes about 90 days to adapt to a low fat diet. So for 90 days, people are not feeling, quote, satiated because they don't have their greasy, fatty, slimy, dead, decaying flesh, highly processed foods. And so their satiety mechanisms that become perverted because their diets don't respond effectively. And as a consequence, they feel like crap. So if you tell a person, look, just go on this diet and for three months, you're going to feel like crap. They're not going to be all enthused and joyful about adopting it. But if they really understand what's going on and they do it intelligently, they can make that transition. I'm really into health. So hence this whole podcast, Vitamin Joy. Without your health, it's hard to have joy in your life. Today's guest is someone who's helped me personally with my own health, Dr. Alan Goldhammer. Dr. Goldhammer is the founder of the True North Health Center in Santa Rosa, California, which he founded in 1984. So for over 35 years, True North Health has specialized in supervised water fasting, and they've helped over 20,000 plus patients reverse various ailments and diseases through not only supervised water fasting, but also the introduction and adoption and education of a plant-based, sugar-free, oil-free, and salt-free diet. I know that sounds pretty hardcore, but this podcast is called Vitamin Joy. It's about doing simple things in your life that can create massive amounts of joy. His techniques for what his results are, are fairly simple. Changing your diet and drinking only water, a lot easier than taking a lot of medications. But I get it's a big leap for some people. Dr. Goldhammer, who's a licensed osteopathic physician and the author of the health-promoting cookbook, the co-author of The Pleasure Trap, has seen the process work firsthand thousands of times. He's also been part of several big-time peer-reviewed studies published in major medical journals. Recently, Dr. Goldhammer has been featured in movies like What the Health and the Netflix special that's on right now called Unwell. He's also about to appear on the show The Doctors, and he recently did a podcast with Rich Roll that I highly recommend. I also interviewed Dr. Goldhammer a few years ago on Wild Ideas Worth Living after doing a six-day water-only fast at his center. Never thought I could even skip lunch, and somehow I went six days on water-only under medical supervision at his center. So a little of my backstory. I first met Dr. Goldhammer in 2015. I was struggling with my own health. I have an autoimmune condition called vitiligo, and it affects the pigment of my skin, basically depigmenting it and turning patches of my face white. Since it's on my face, I really wanted to get a handle on it. And I'd read about people doing supervised water fasts at True North Health and reversing autoimmune conditions and relieving major diseases. I was one of the only or first vitiligo patients, and Dr. Goldhammer didn't promise me any results. But by day two of drinking only water, which is a lot easier in many ways than taking steroids in terms of the side effects, my skin started to repigment, and I was mind blown. After the fast, I adopted what he called the SOS-free, salt oil, sugar-free, plant-based diet. I don't always stick to it, but it's something in my toolbox that's actually pretty easy to adopt in the sense that the side effects compared to taking drugs and other interventions are pretty minimal. It's just a little annoying at first, but it's allowed me to see some great results. So for today's show, I asked Dr. Goldhammer to give us an overview of eating this way, without added salt, without added oil, without added sugar, without meat, and how it can add more health 
and more immunity to our lives, which is something I know we all care about right now. We also talk about how come it's so hard for us to change our diets, even for someone like me who's seen the results firsthand. And of course, I ask him where humor fits into all of this. We even talk about water fasting at the end, how it works, and why he finds the treatment useful for his patients. I've known Dr. Goldhammer for a while now. He has a very dry sense of humor. He's also incredibly knowledgeable about this topic. He's a bit opinionated, but he's been doing this for a long time and saved a lot of lives, so I've come to appreciate his direct style. Disclaimer, I'm not a doctor. This podcast is solely for information purposes. Please consult your doctor and do your own research before trying a water fast, a new diet, or any other health practice. I'm Shelby Stanger, and this is Vitamin Joy. Dr. Alan Goldhammer, welcome to Vitamin Joy. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Glad to be here. So we'll talk about water-only fasting later, but I wanted to start with your plant-based, salt, oil, sugar-free diet recommendation. Can you just tell us what it is, what it means, and how it can create more joy and immunity? Because that's what this podcast is about, more joy, which health is important to having more joy. Well, sure, you know, one of the most important parts of happiness, that is the experience in the overall balance of your life experience is highly positive, turns out to be health. Very difficult to experience the balance of your life experiences as highly po uh, positive if your health is compromised. And so the, from our viewpoint, getting healthy is an important issue if you want to experience joy in your life. And health, we know, results from healthful living. And healthful living includes diet, sleep, exercise, and effective interpersonal relations. So in terms of health, it's my belief that a healthy diet is a whole plant food diet that's free of added chemicals. Those chemicals include salt, oil, and sugar. So we advocate a whole plant food SOS-free diet. SOS also interestingly stands, is the international symbol of danger, SOS, but in, also encompasses salt, oil, and sugar. So salt, oil, and sugar are particularly a problem because they stimulate the satiety mechanisms in the brain, they stimulate dopamine production. So although they make food taste better, uh, they do it artificially. And when you artificially stimulate the brain to produce more dopamine, you can literally develop an addictive type response, which is what happens with alcohol, it happens with drugs. It also happens uh, uh, to a degree with these chemicals. So for example, if you take those chemicals and you put them in the feed of animals like rats or birds, They'll overeat and they'll, they'll gain, rats will gain 49% of their body weight in 60 days. They, birds will get so fat they can't even fly. And so this is also, we believe, why uh, humans have an increasing propensity towards obesity is because they're putting higher and higher percentages of refined carbohydrates, uh, oil, and salt in their food. So they also, like animals, systematically overeat. We develop obesity. And then ultimately we develop the diseases of dietary excess or metabolic syndrome. And that's what makes people vulnerable, for example, to like dying from getting a COVID infection or having a heart attack or a stroke or increasing the risk of forming cancer. So it all kind of ties together. So metabolic syndrome, really quickly, that could be everything from diabetes to heart disease. Could you, could you tell us what that means real quick? Well, sure. You know, metabolic syndrome is just that. It's a syndrome that encompasses characteristic difficulties. Uh, increasing uh, abdominal obesity, if your waist, for example, is over 
35 inches if you're a female or 40 inches as a male, elevations of triglycerides, reductions in HDL, elevations in blood pressure or blood sugar. If you have those uh, characteristics, you will be diagnosed as having metabolic syndrome. And that's become ubiquitous. It's so common now, it's almost what you would consider epidemic, as two-thirds of people in industrialized countries are now overweight or obese. This has become the dominant factor that's, again, making us vulnerable to infectious disease consequences, developing heart disease, diabetes, autoimmune diseases, certain forms of cancer, including lymphoma, all are tied to essentially what we put in our mouth. So wild. So let's break it down. Salt, oil, and sugar. Salt for most people is the trickiest one, especially as an athlete. Like we're often taught, hey, you need to add a little salt to your water when you're running an ultramarathon or whatever. So why, I want to ask you, why no salt? Why no sugar? Added sugar, I think that's the most easy for people to understand. Why no added oil? But let's start with salt. Why no added salt? Well, you know, salt is perhaps one of the more difficult challenges because it's so ubiquitous in the diet and it's not yet perceived in the same way that sugar and oil is. For example, you mentioned refined carbohydrates. Most people realize these type of empty calories stimulate insulin production and the insulin drives down your blood sugar levels, then your brain thinks you're hungry. And so a lot of the cravings and the binging and all the stuff that comes, not to mention the empty calories and the obesity from sugar is well recognized. Most people know, okay, they shouldn't be eating sugars. Most people realize that the, you know, the fat you eat, the fat you wear, according to Dr. McDougall, and that added oil in the food is not only unnecessary, but health compromising. And so they'll, they'll agree with the getting rid of the sugar and the oil, but very few people understand that salt is also another chemical that's added to food. Now, some people say, well, wh why are you worried about salt? There's no calories in salt. They understand sugar and they understand oil because the extra calories, but they don't get salt. But salt has a nasty habit of stimulating what's called passive overeating. So for example, whether it's animals or humans, if you let them eat to satiety, that is until they're satiated or feel full of something, say brown rice, you'll eat a certain amount. But if you salt that food up, everything else being equal, you'll eat significantly more before your satiation mechanisms kick in. I tried that last week. Johnny and I had brown rice for dinner and I was like, I'm just going to add a little Bragg's aminos to one and then see if I eat less without it. And it's so true. I eat way more if I add salt and avocado to my, even though avocado is natural, it just tastes better. Absolutely. People say, well, it tastes better. That's why they eat more. But, but what do you think tasting better means? Is it means that whatever you're eating increases dopamine production in the brain. There's a neurochemical consequence of either increased caloric density or adding these chemicals. So the point is, if you eat to your full of whole natural foods without added salt, you tend to eat less than if you eat it with salt. So if your goal is to maintain or lose weight, you don't want to be adding uh, artificial stimulants like excess sodium intake. Now, just like you get all the calories or carbohydrate you need from your diet that you need, and you don't have to add sugar. And just like you get all the essential fatty acids you need in your diet, you don't need to add oil, including olive oil. You actually get all the sodium chloride you need from a whole natural food diet if all your food is whole natural foods. If you're eating abundant quantities of fruits and vegetables, uh, you get all the sodium you need. You don't have to add exogenous uh, processed salt. And when you do, there's a price. One of the prices is, uh, uh, dietary excess, you know, the, the passive overeating that I mentioned. Another effect is on your gut microbiome. 
Just like if you eat sugar, you get a different bacterial flora living in your gut than if you don't. And just like if you eat oil, you get a different bacterial flora. Just like if you eat animal foods, you get a different flora. When you eat salt, it also affects the microbiome. And when you think about what salt does in your common experience, it's a preservative. So they used to salt foods to keep bacteria from being able to break them down because of the negative effect on the bacteria homeostasis that salt provides. Well, what do you think you're doing when you eat a high salt diet? Uh, with the microbiome, the, the trillion bacteria that live in your gut. There's a trillion bacteria, a thousand different strains, all working together to protect you. And when you alter that, you pay the price. If you alter it by eating meat, you form trimethylamine oxidase, which irritates the blood vessels and leads to heart attacks and increased risk of other problems. If you, if you eat a high salt diet, you have an altered gut microbiome and you, it may manifest as problems in terms of your immune system and other variables. So. It's, it's really uh, just a misnomer that you have to add these fractionated food byproducts to your food in order to get the nutrients you need. Yes, you need sodium. Yes, you need carbohydrates. Yes, you need essential fatty acids. And in my opinion, the best way to get that, the healthiest way to get that, is to get all of your needed calories exclusively from whole plant foods. So, okay, we can talk real quickly about why no oil and why no sugar, but I think I think a lot of people understand, like you don't need, you could eat olives and you can eat avocados, but you don't necessarily need avocado oil. You don't need, you don't need olive oil. You don't need to add refined sugar to every single piece of your food. You could eat fruit. Fruit's awesome. Maybe talk to me really quickly about kind of the sugar and oil. And then I want to ask you about what you actually eat. Well, you know, it, it, of course, you don't need any oil and you don't need any sugar because you get all that in your food. And you, and you also don't, it turns out, you don't need to add outside salt because you get in, for example, many foods are very rich in sodium. For example, all your green leafy vegetables charred. You know, once your taste neuroadapts, you get used to eating a low salt diet. You can actually taste the sodium in eating something like Swiss chard. Uh, and then the foods that you used to think that you like, the, the restaurant soup or whatever, actually has an excessively strong taste, even a burning taste. And so you get it where it's easier and easier to eat a low salt, no sugar, no oil diet uh, the longer you do it. So once you're used to eating a whole plant food SOS free diet, it's no longer the price paying that's associated with initially when you're overcoming your addictions. So for you, what's a sample breakfast, lunch, and dinner on a SOS-free plant-based diet? Well, I'm very fortunate because I work at the True North Health Center. And so we have access to, as do all the staff here, uh, an exclusively whole plant food SOS-free diet. So in the mornings, we often may have a green like oatmeal or a, a, a corn polenta uh, a lot, or, and or uh, some fresh fruit and plenty of greens, so celery and cucumbers and lettuce and things like that. Um, maybe a few nuts and seeds or some flaxseed and some variety of those foods typically make up our morning uh, meal. Uh, at lunchtime, we hit the salad bar, have a huge salad, uh, might use a little balsamic vinegar, a little lemon juice if you want a dressing, uh, may have some avocado or uh, other uh, 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 dressings made with you know that as a, as a part of the base along with steamed vegetables uh, of the day uh, and perhaps some complex carbohydrates, maybe potatoes or sweet potatoes, or, or yesterday it was um, kabucha squash because that was coming in off our farm. We have a farm that we grow food for the center. We have, we're harvesting fabulous uh, kabucha squash. And then dinner, uh, again, would be a large amount of salad, 
steamed vegetables, and then some different type of carbon. Maybe it would be lentils, or it might be pea soup, or it might be any one of the recipes that the chefs makes that are found in our cookbooks, the Health Promoting Cookbook, the Bravo and Bravo Express cookbooks. Well, we actually have uh, Chef Ramsey's Bravo on next week, so we're excited to talk to him about how he makes it and how he makes it easy. I think there's this misnomer that eating a plant-based, salt, oil, sugar-free diet is one, expensive, and two, really hard. Well, that's not true. I mean, the fact is the cost of calories uh, is much less than a healthy diet. Why do you think that, you know, so many people in the world that make less than $5 a day live on rice and beans and local vegetables? It's because those are the lowest cost foods per calorie. You can, uh, even on a very modest income, you can live uh, healthfully by eating an exclusively whole plant food SOS-free diet. So why not? And I think you one time told me this really funny, funny story. You're just like, Shelby, it's so easy. Like oatmeal, you pour oatmeal into a bowl and you add water. That is about the easiest thing. Lunch, you fill a giant dog bowl full of salad and you eat until you're so full of salad, you can't eat anymore. And then you eat whatever else you want. Dinner, you steam vegetables and add squeezed lemon and have some rice, avocado, kabocha squash. What's easier than that? And I remember you telling me that story and it was pretty funny. Well, you know, the reality is this can be done very efficiently. You know, oatmeal or fresh fruit, you know, banana, peel and eat. How much simpler does it get? And it comes with its own packaging. It does. And things like uh, potatoes and sweet potatoes, let's think it through. You wash it off, you put it in the oven or you put it in the steamer. I mean, you know, it's not exact. You don't even need to open the recipe book to do that. And steamed vegetables, I mean, come on. You just The trick is just have enough of them. And then if you want to have a little bit more uh, variety or entertaining, you open up the Health Promoting Cookbook, you pick a recipe, or, or Chef Bravo's book, you pick a recipe, any recipe. I'm telling you, they're all vegan SOS-free. They're simple enough that even I can make them. So why not a raw vegan diet? You know, that's like pretty popular right now. Why not just eat raw foods only, salad and fruit for like every other meal? Well, sure. We do and include no. raw fruits and vegetables for, for, for most patients at, at most every meal. But if you try to live exclusively on raw fruits and vegetables, the challenge is that you have to eat a very large volume of food because salad only has 100 calories per pound and fruits about 300 calories a pound. So it would take many hours a day to eat uh, sufficient quantities of just raw fruit and vegetables uh, in order to sustain health, unless you started using a larger quantity of, say, nuts, seeds, avocado, high-fat foods. What a lot of raw fooders do is they'll eat fruits and vegetables, but then they'll pour olive oil over stuff, or they'll eat large amounts of nut butters or dried fruits. And the challenge with that long-term is that it ends up being a high-sugar, high-fat diet that can have health-compromising consequences. So unless the raw foodist is eating large volumes of raw vegetable materials, it's difficult to get that mineral balance and nutritional balance in, in, instead. You can do it, but it's definitely a full-time job. By including steamed starchy vegetables in the diet, it's not only uh, more practical, it's incredibly more efficient, and it makes it much easier to get the higher mineral content uh, vegetables in in quantity. So again, I don't have a problem with people eating as much raw fruit and vegetables as they can, but they need to get the balance of their calories, not from alcohol, olive oil, and, and highly processed foods, but rather steamed starchy vegetables, in my opinion. Yeah, you can totally be a junk food vegan, and I've, I've seen it. It's pretty interesting. But also, you know, the, the people or the animals that eat raw food, vegan diets, they're actually pretty strong. Like, I mean, 
aren't there a lot of animals in the wild that eat that way, but they have to eat all day long? Well, look at cows. You know, they're they're vegans and they do fine. They but they do. You know, they first they have three stomachs. They have a different constitution, and they do eat all day long. If you ask people that raise horses, horses can live on grass, but you can't work a horse. You know, of course, be incredibly skinny. If you want to work it, they feel they'll feed them grains, preferably cooked grains, because they make better utilization of it. So, for a person looking to get enough caloric intake to be active, you're going to have to either use things like nut seeds, avocado, the higher fat foods, a really high sugar diet with lots of highly processed juices and things of this nature, or uh, the foods that I believe that you're designed to eat, which is whole plant foods, which is going to be raw and cooked. And humans, because of the large bulbous neuronal net we call our brain have an inordinately large glucose, that's our largest glucose burning uh, device. And in order to feed that brain adequately, you have to get enough calories. And yes, you could do it just eating fruit all day long, uh, but the long-term consequence of that diet ends up being around mineral depletion and having problems. And you see that in uh, many, I see it all the time in patients that are attempting to do that. They get the teeth, nail, hair, immune suppression, emotional volatility. If they're not supplementing, they get B12 deficiency. They have other issues. And so we're treating the consequence of this. It doesn't show up right away because most people have plenty of reserves and they'll go for a year or two on these diets and do fine. And then eventually they start getting sick. And all you have to do is get more vegetables in the diet. Uh, in the form of whether it's raw or uh, blended, juiced or cooked, but you know, getting that vegetable concentration up, I find much more practical using heat to dextrinize those starches in the form of steamed and starchy vegetables. And you know, we have um, many uh, populations of patients that have, you know, of, of people around the world that have lived on uh, whole plant food diets that have used steamed starchy vegetables and thrive. There really are no populations of raw food only humans, not with our modern brain. Uh, that are uh, shown to thrive. So I think we have to be a little bit careful uh, when we advocate a 100% raw food diet, uh, unless a lot of effort is made to make sure it's nutritionally balanced. Mm, interesting. And a lot of the blue zones are kind of already plant-based and, and, you know, mostly rice, beans, greens, like you said. I think, I think that's pretty interesting. It's also a little bit of an elitist diet to say you're going to eat raw food only. Well, when you figure out the cost per calorie of, say, fruits and vegetables, uh, it's 10 times that of, say, rice and beans. So to suggest that the world's populations can all live and thrive on uh, raw fruit and vegetables only is a, is a little bit of a, of a challenge. Be, you'd have a great deal of difficulty making enough calories, uh, getting enough calories available for the world's population affordably. Uh, these are, you know, nothing, like I said, I love fruits and vegetables. They should be by volume a large part of the diet. We want to get as much of that as possible. But the use of steamed starchy vegetables is an important part, not only of sustaining health, but also in terms of its environmental, moral, ethical, and spiritual impact. You know, those diets are certainly sustainable. Why is it so not joyful? It's so hard to change our eating habits. I, the only problem is people are addicts. It is joyful once you get free of the addiction. But being, it's like, why is it hard to quit drinking when you're a drunk? Why is it hard to quit smoking when you're an addict? Because you're an addict. That's the nature of addiction. So how long will it take? Like how long will it take until, you know, I'm used to not eating without salt, oil, or sugar? It takes humans about 30 days to adapt to a low salt diet. Uh, on average, that means some people it's going to take longer, some people much quicker. Uh, it takes about 90 days to adapt to a low fat diet. So for 90 days, people are not feeling, quote, satiated because they don't have their greasy, fatty, slimy, dead, decaying flesh, highly processed <laughs> foods. 
And so their satiety mechanisms that become perverted because their diets don't respond practically. And as a consequence, they feel like crap. So if you tell a person, look, just go on this diet and for three months, you're going to feel like crap. They're not going to be all enthused and joyful about adopting it. But if they really understand what's going on and they do it intelligently, they can make that transition uh, uh, more efficiently. One way to do that is with fasting. If you fast, you neuroadapt much quicker. By the time most of our patients are done water fasting, they like the taste of healthy foods. That's one of the big benefits of fasting is you can get people to the point where they enjoy the taste of a whole plant food SOS free diet. And maybe it, you can shorten that period of transition down. We'll be right back. When we come back, Dr. Goldhammer talks about water fasting. He shares why it works and some funny stories of people who've been through his center and their results, as well as resources on how to eat healthier and how you might be able to make this interesting way of eating more enjoyable. You know how seriously I take health and happiness. It's right there in my podcast name. Well, FX Chocolate is a new supplement company that cares about both. They've created six different supplement variations, each one lending targeted support to a specific need. Nutraceutical ingredients like ashwagandha, reishi mushrooms, CBD, GABA, L-theanine, and Anato E are expertly packed into handcrafted squares of sugar-free, keto-friendly, dark chocolate. That's right. I don't know about you, but eating chocolate is a pretty enjoyable way to take supplements for me. And the packaging is just so cool and it tastes so good. You have to check it out. Let's get real for a minute. 2020 is one of the hardest years we've collectively lived through and it feels like a small but mighty gift to know that taking care of our bodies and getting the nutrients we need doesn't have to be a drag. FX Chocolate is offering Vitamin Joy listeners 20% off their first order. Use the promo code VITAMINJOY at checkout to get 20% off your first order at their website, fxchocolate.com. That's F as in fun, X as in X Games, chocolate.com. You can have your chocolate and you can eat it too. Use promo code VITAMINJOY at checkout at fxchocolate.com. Orzen Alps is a company I recently discovered built to give active men and women like you and I the best possible skincare products with the most powerful ingredients, all without the hassle, the harmful chemicals, or the massive markup. What I love about this company is it was founded by two female badass entrepreneurs who had outdoorsy husbands and every option out there was either too expensive, too full of chemicals, or too gender specific. So they decided to create their own brand, which became Orzen Alps. Not only did they have amazing natural deodorants, but they have some incredible anti-aging products. And the best part is they all have natural ingredients and no nasty chemicals. So two of the products I love are the vitamin C serum, because I'm in the sun all the time, and an incredible product called a wake-up eye stick. It helps get rid of puffy eyes, making you, or making me, look Zoom ready and like I've slept a lot more than I have. So go to oarsandalps.com, that's O-A-R-S-A-N-D-A-L-P-S.com. And if you enter the code SHELBY, you'll get 20% off. So go to oarsandalps.com, and with the code SHELBY, you'll get 20% off. Okay, so you had a guy who came to True North Health Clinic. I think he might have been a crane operator, whatever. He, was, he, he wasn't someone who who had ever done fasting or 
eaten your kind of diet before. Can you tell the story about when he came to your clinic? Yeah, sure. Our, our first, uh, we got a contract with the International Union of Operating Engineers. This is California's most powerful labor union. It includes the crane operators. These are the guys that build your highways and bridges and whatnot. And a lot of these guys are not, you know, as health conscious. Uh, they like their beer and pizza and, you know, they tend to be overweight on average. And so the very first uh, patient that the, the union referred to us once we signed this contract was a crane operator who had massive hypertension. He was, you know, 220 over 120, capped out on meds. And he was had a huge keg that he carried around on his belly in the form of obesity. And he came to the center and, and uh, he didn't know what the program was. They didn't tell him that it was a diet change and fasting program. They thought, he thought he was just getting some more drugs. And when he showed up, he was like looking around saying, hey, I, I don't think this is the right place for me. And I said, well, you know, I got you on the list here. And he said, no, I, that's, this isn't, you know. I said, you're here to get well. He said, I'm not sick. I said, what are you talking about? You're not sick, you got hypertensive, you're obese, you're gonna die. And he said, well, you know, we're all gonna die. You know, good point. And I said, well, look, you know, thinking about his medical history, I said, you know, if uh, we get you off all these medications run, you're gonna save eight, $900 a month in drug costs. And he said, what do I care about drug costs? The union pays for my medications. So, you know, I'm realizing at this point, this is not my normal self-selected, highly motivated patient that comes to the True North Health Center. And I wasn't sure exactly what to do, but I was thinking about his medical history. And we know that most males that are on a lot of diabetes and hypertension medication have a little problem. They have problems with erectile dysfunction. And so I said, you know, if we get you off all those drugs, we might be able to do something about your, you know, little problem. And then he looked at me and he stood up and I thought, okay, this is not good because this is a good big guy. And he said, well, why the hell didn't you just say so? So I thought, okay, got his attention. So we started to feed him some food because, you know, he's been living on triple cheeseburgers without the lettuce. He said if they made a mistake and put lettuce on his burger, he'd, he'd throw that away. So he's not had any fruits or vegetables, just living on triple cheeseburgers. So before we start fasting him, we decided we had to feed him some real food. So we fed him some salad and, and steamed veggies and food. And, and he's going to eat it, but he can't swallow it. He's like <laughs> choking on it. And I said, it looks like you're having trouble eating the food. And all he said was, what food? He said, this is not food. He said, this is disgusting. He said, if I had to eat tasteless swill like this the rest of my life, I'd rather just die. And so he told me that I could go to his truck and get his 12 gauge. And when he's not looking, I should just shoot him in the head. <laughs> so we checked Sorry, him in. He ended up fasting 26 days. He normalized his blood pressure, his blood sugar. And after the fast, when we're starting to feed him, he's actually eating the food. And I sat down to him and I said, hey, it looks like you're doing a little better with the food now. And what he said to me was, he said, yeah, your damn chef's finally getting the hang of it. <laughs> it took him 20 minutes to be convinced that the food we were feeding was the same food he tried to eat when he came in. Because he said, no, that stuff you gave me when I came in was disgusting. He said, this stuff, it's not bad. And that's where we got the theme of our kitchen, True North Health Kitchen, where we make good food taste not bad. I love it. I love it. That guy sounds so funny, but he's very typical of someone. I mean, how much weight did he lose when he was He lost there? 50 pounds. So you know, he lost a lot of weight, but that's an example of taste adaptation. He neuroadapted to the lower salt, lower fat, 
lower sugar diet over the fasting. If I had sent him home and said, just eat a good diet, he wouldn't have lasted a meal. But now he's able, I even saw him at six months at the semi-annual, we're doing some screening. And I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing just fine. Because he said, you know, now he's back to having normal function and, you know, he's sticking to the program. So he was able to maintain his weight loss, make the dietary changes. And the fact that he was able to have sex again, I think was a motivating factor for him. That's awesome. You know, whenever I do a couple day water only fast, celery, carrots, steamed broccoli tastes delicious. And I think for me, that's always been the parameter. Am I really hungry? And I ask myself, like, do I really just, am I hungry? Would I eat? steamed broccoli right now? And if the answer is no, I'm probably not that hungry. Well, that's the difference between hunger and appetite. You, you know, sometimes you have an appetite, you, you're, you're not, you think you're hungry, but it's for a very specific food. You, you, it's like you got to have, you know, you don't want carrots, you don't want salad, you, you want peanut brittle or ice cream. It's a special hunger. That's not hunger, that's appetite. And you know, that's part of the pleasure trap. When you're hungry, good foods taste good. Good foods taste good all the time. You just don't know it because your taste may become perverted by eating salty, greasy, fatty, processed foods. I think it's so tricky because we're in this time in life where there's all these food shows. I mean, I have a girlfriend who produced an amazing Netflix special called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, and she teaches people to cook with like more salt, more fat, more heat and oil. And I love her to death, but that's not always the most healthy food. No, the healthiest food is the food that's health promoting, whole plant foods that are free of added chemicals. We need to stop thinking about sugar, salt, and oil as food. They're not food. They're fractionated food byproducts that artificially stimulate dopamine in the brain and lead people to become obese, disrupt their gut microbiome, compromise their immune system, and get sick die prematurely, and more importantly, reduce their healthy life expectancy. Not only do they die prematurely, but they spend years, uh, sometimes decades, debilitated, unable to talk or move, lying in their nursing home beds, waiting for people to change their diaper because they've been involved in too much short-term pleasure-seeking self-indulgent behavior. Okay, so let's talk about fasting. <laughs> and, and I love this. Dr. Goldenhammer, you've done, recently you've done so many movies, talks, podcasts. It's awesome to see you I mean, you've been doing this for since 1984, so a long time. And can I just ask how old you are? Because you look really young. I'm going to be 62 years old uh, in the next few weeks. And my grandson, who's now 15, calls me the AO. And I found out recently it stands for ancient one. The ancient one. But you look young and, and you play basketball or do something that's really fun. Yeah, I do. Dr. Lyle and I still are out there playing basketball and uh, sometimes we're able to show the younger guys a thing or two. So, you know, that's uh, very gratifying. Uh, it is true that, uh, you know, when you eat a healthy diet and lifestyle, you tend to age out at a more normal rate. It's not that we're not aging. It's just everybody around us is often aging more rapidly because of their uh, choices, their diet choices, their lack of activity. Uh, uh, probably stress plays a role in it for some people. I believe that I always try to be a stress donor rather than a recipient. And I believe that stress is like Christmas. It's better to give than receive. So I try to be generous. Okay. So before we talk about fasting, let's talk about stress because, you know, I have done your program. I've done a six day water only fast, a five day water only fast. And I was struggling with an autoimmune condition called vitiligo. And first time I went there immediately, my skin repigmented. It was like a miracle. And it was crazy because I could see it firsthand visually and like everybody was blown away. The second time it was a little harder. I was in a period of high stress. I was trying to sell my business. 
I was just a mess. And, you know, I had changed my diet, but stress was crushing me. And so, you know, the diet wasn't the only thing I had to change. Right. Diet, unfortunately, important as it is, isn't the only variable. Sleep is really important. Exercise is important. And stress is absolutely important. And that's why it's important to try to focus on the things you can do something about and not spend unnecessary energy worrying about things you can't actually have any influence on or control over. You know, we spend a lot of time worrying about problems and people that we have no direct control over. And that may not be the healthiest uh, you know, way to live our lives. Maybe we shouldn't spend quite so much time um, with the news and the, uh, th and the everybody else's worst tragedies. Uh, and you know, th that may be uh, a way of reducing our stress level. And then we wanna dissipate the consequences of stress by getting plenty of sleep, uh, engaging in appropriate exercise and activity and interacting with people that we meet, that we like and that we love effectively. You know, there's, there's a lot more to it than just diet, but diet's one of the things you can have the most control over. And it's one of the areas that people are abusing themselves the most. And I believe yeah. it's because of the pleasure trap and their addiction to the artificial stimulation of these chemicals that are added to food. I, I love that because I, I haven't really thought about, you know, I, I, I never really thought about salt, sugar, and oil increasing dopamine. I, I think that's really interesting to think about it like that rather than it just makes me more hungry, but it makes me more hungry for a reason that is completely probably biological back to caveman times where, you know, once you tasted a piece of fruit, you just wanted to eat more and more and more of it. Well, sure. And refining food too much, even things like juices and other things, what happens is you get alterations in your blood insulin level production. So your blood sugar levels are impacted. And so your brain mechanism of detecting what you should and shouldn't be getting is altered. And so, and some people are more vulnerable to that to others. And a lot of it depends on the type of bacteria you have in your gut. So, you know, there, it, this is a very complex issue and we're, we're compromising this perfectly designed system by shoving stuff in our mouth that we're really not designed to have. And then we're trying to justify it, you know, like all addicts do, and try to defend their addiction. And so, you, you like McDougall talks about, people love good news about their bad habits. And I think he's right. Uh, if you, people will tell you what you want to hear, then you'll buy their products and their books and feel comfortable. You don't want to listen to people that are trying to tell you what you need to know. You're telling people, you want to listen to people that are telling you what you want to hear. You know, we see that even in the news now. You know, where, where, the, where the quote news stations that used to report the news and attempt to be objective. Now there's really strong slants and, and angles yeah. and people are comfortable listening to their, what is consistent with their belief systems. They're not interested in hearing, you know, kind of both sides of the story, so to speak. And I think that we're suffering some of the consequences because of that. So what's interesting is I've actually taken a news fast and uh, I've replaced it with comedy books. And my vitiligo is is like gone right now. It's the best it's ever been. So there has to be something toward to laughter and no stress in this whole this whole recipe. Well, that's why we've been giving our patients at the Trinity Health Center an, a letter of exemption from stress, and that means nobody can bother them anymore. That's it. I love it. So yeah, how do you how do you I mean how do you put humor? In, you know, you've done fasting since 1984 before it was ever cool. Luckily, right now, we're in this phase where there's been all these movies about it. There's studies from guys like Walter Longo who talk about, you know, time-restricted eating, intermittent fasting. There's all sorts of hype right now about fasting. But you were doing it when people were saying, 
it was crazy. I mean, obviously, ancient times, religions, there's been fasting since the beginning of time, but but you've been using it as a, a medical practice. You know, fasting in itself is not joyful, but the results for many are. And so maybe you could talk to us about it. For healthy people, fasting actually can be rather joyful. Okay. We have, you know, for people that are not going through addiction withdrawal, which is what most people are, for like myself, our staff, when we fast, you don't have the same challenges that people coming off caffeine and alcohol and animal foods and highly processed foods do. So fasting doesn't have to be uh, always an intense and miserable experience. It can actually be a very enriching experience, and particularly for people that prepare for their fast properly. By limiting your diet to fruit, salads, and steamed vegetables only for a few days prior to fasting, the transition to fasting is, is much, much easier. Uh, and the net effect of fasting can be incredibly joyful because the you know getting free from your addictions, getting overcoming the weight challenges, the getting out of pain. Oh my gosh, you know some of our people they're in tears of joy over the fact that it may be the first time in years that they've actually been able to do things like you know get up without having excruciating pain. That they see that they can get a life back again. And so I, I don't think that fasting necessarily has to always be associated with uh, negative connotations, I think it can be very enriching. There's a reason why virtually every major religion on the planet has a tradition about fasting associated with it. So how do you, so you do water only fasting. There's all sorts of different types of fasting. You know, what sort of results have you seen with water only fasting? And you're right. And when I did the six day water only fast at your place, I was so prepared and I could just keep going, but I don't remember that because right now the idea of doing a fast is a little daunting to me, but probably because I haven't been eating straight. I've been drinking a little coffee and that's for me the scariest thing to give up. Well, now, are you taking that orally or do you take it by an intravenous drip? <laughs> straight orally so I could shut my mouth and not drink it. I used to think when they talked about drip coffee that that meant that they were literally doing it by IV, but I, now I've learned that's not the case. So for people that want to see what can happen with fasting, one thing they could do is go to our website, um, healthpromoting.com, or the Fasting Compendium website at fasting.org, where all of the studies and case reports that we've done on fasting are freely available. And it's pretty amazing how well the body, what the body can do when you get out of the way with fasting. We published a case recently in the British Medical Journal of the successful treatment of follicular lymphoma stage three with 21 days of fasting. And we now have, uh, we published a three-year follow-up on that case and we now have a four-year follow-up on the patient. So not only can they get well, even from very serious life-threatening consequences like lymphoma cancer, but they can stay well if they're willing to do dangerous and radical things like eat well, exercise, go to bed on time, and use fasting. We had a patient recently that we published that had hydronephrosis and urotexis uh, and had a mass and went on the fast and were able to eliminate the mass, normalize kidney function, uh, uh, entirely. Uh, we had a case reported there on uh, subacute appendicitis that was resolved with fasting. The person was able to avoid surgeries. Years later, they still have their uh, appendix. We have the largest effects that have ever been shown in treating high blood pressure. Uh, in the study, we did medically supervised water-only fasting in the treatment of hypertension where 174 consecutive patients were able to normalize their blood pressure without medication. We've had uh, results on diabetes and how type 2 diabetics can often normalize their blood sugar levels, uh, eliminate the need for medication. We have uh, patients that have conditions that are associated with dietary excess, from obesity, high blood pressure, diabetes, and autoimmune diseases. 
like rheumatoid arthritis and ulcerative colitis and ankylosing spondylitis, these patients can get well. In fact, one of the most common comments of residents in our residency training program for doctors is that, wow, it's the first time I've ever seen somebody with this condition recover. Because under medical treatment, people are not getting well. If you go to a medical doctor with high blood pressure, what are they going to tell you? Take these drugs for the rest of your life because we guarantee you if you do what you're told, you'll never get well. That's the promise of medicine today when it comes to high blood pressure or diabetes. And the reason is because they're not addressing the reason people have high blood pressure or diabetes. They're actually just treating the secondary effects of it. So if you think about it, the leading cause of death in the United States are heart disease, cancer, and stroke. But those aren't the actual causes of disease. That's not why people get heart disease, cancer, and stroke. The actual causes of death are smoking, drinking alcohol, and eating an animal and refined carbohydrate-based diet. So if we want to deal with the leading cause of death where we spend most of our money in healthcare, treating heart disease, cancer, and stroke, ineffectively to a large extent, what we should do is shift to dealing with the reasons people get heart disease, cancer, and stroke, and focus on getting rid of tobacco, alcohol, and animal refined carbohydrate-based diets. But that's not what we're doing currently. Yeah, well, that's a whole other podcast. But you fast every year. Let, let's talk about that. Like, what do you do every year to do a fast? Um, yeah, I take a, a, a week off every year and fast. And assuming that I can go through that process asymptomatically, then I move back to healthy eating. If I become symptomatic, then I, of course, would continue the fast as long as necessary. I don't like fasting in the sense that you can't play basketball and do a lot of the things you normally do. So it's not like there's not a price that's paid for it. But the pain for me of fasting has nothing to do with physical pain. I don't have any problem fasting. It's just I don't like giving up my uh, the uh, basketball and the uh, and you know and seeing patients and the rest of it. Having to take time out for me is difficult. Probably one of the main benefits of fasting is it is a forced time of introspection and retrospection, and I find it very valuable uh, and life enhancing. But uh, you know it's hard for me. Also, you know now I'm getting old and I lose it more quickly. You know you really got to maintain. Like if I don't uh, play basketball for a week and I go back out there, it's like I forget how to shoot and, you know, do things. So I have to kind of keep on top of it in order to maintain that muscle memory. Well, with water fasting, though, you make sure that you're rested and you're, you really try to encourage your patients to do nothing else. Just really rest. Yeah, you really want to rest. We do allow a little yoga class, a little stretching and maintain a little bit of flexibility. We, we have classes that they can participate in, we have videos they can watch, but no vigorous physical activity during fasting. And we try to get them to go on a little, you know, news vacation and just stop and bombarding themselves with all this negative input that's so pervasive in our society, particularly this time of year with all the tragedies and the fires and the, the epidemics and the uh, listening to the uh, uh, politicians Election. spew yeah. their stuff. You know, all that, none of that I don't think is very health-promoting right now. Dr. Goldhammer, what about intermittent fasting? You know, right now that's a hot topic. It's a pretty attainable way for people to fast. Can you just talk about the benefits of that and, and sort of what you recommend when people are dabbling into fasting? We encourage all our patients to fast every day, actually, for 12 to 16 hours. So if you're trying to lose weight, it's good to have an 8-hour feeding window and 16-hour fasting window. And most importantly, don't eat three hours before your normal bedtime. So don't stay up late because of this, but you know whatever your normal bedtime is supposed to be, three hours before that, stop the feeding. 
And that way, and don't have breakfast until you've had a long enough period of time so that you can narrow your feeding window to eight hours. Now, if you're a competitive athlete, you have higher caloric needs, weight's not an issue, you may need to expand that feeding window to 12 hours just to get enough of this high nutrition, low caloric density food into you to sustain yourself. But the point is you have a period of fasting every day and you break that fast with, you know, breakfast. And the idea is that accumulation of fasting, even that 12 to 16 hours, is enough to induce changes that cumulatively may be beneficial. And then I believe that once a year or so, a person may take some time off and do a longer period of fasting. Now, we do recommend that that longer period be done in a supervised uh, capacity where people have had a history exam, laboratory testing, and appropriate monitoring. But the idea is that if you fast every day for 16 hours, the need for long-term fasting is going to be reduced. So, Dr. Goldhammer, what you do is highly fulfilling, I imagine. I know people write you from all around the world saying you've changed their life and you've helped them. You've cured diseases. You've reversed conditions. And, you know, you're still also a little controversial, I would say less. Um, There's a lot of movies, documentaries coming out with you, which I think is really exciting. You know, what's next for you at True North Health? Well, you know, I got involved with this when I was 16 because Dr. Gerald Benish told me that being this type of a doctor was the best job in the whole world because the patients did all the work, the body did all the healing, and all the doctor had to do was take credit for the good results. And I decided right then and there that was the job for me. And it's been really true. You know, this is a very satisfying work because unlike most people that are practicing uh, in the health fields today, we actually get to see people recover their health and get well. And that's really, unfortunately, very rare. And now we're working hard to document that with our published studies and the True North Health Foundation, our nonprofit research foundation. Uh, and we've got a really great team right now. We have almost 70 uh, employees now between the True North Health Center and the True North Health Foundation. And that includes clinicians and all the staff and researchers that we've got working with us. And we've been very successful at forming affiliations with other uh, researchers, including right now we're doing a study with the Mayo Clinic and uh, on, on the treatment of high blood pressure with fasting and body composition changes. So we want to continue to do this research that we've really begun doing. We have a, a book that will be coming out next year called Confessing Save Your Life that summarizes the work that we've been doing. We have a new website up uh, for the fa- at fasting.org that is a fasting compendium site. As you mentioned, we're gaining more exposure um, uh, through podcasts like yours here and um, the Rich Roll podcast we did has had a, a significant impact on our our practice. There's more videos and movies and other things coming out. I just did a TV thing on the the doctors uh, NBC show that they did a little blip on fasting. And, you know that wouldn't have happened ten years ago. Ten years ago, you know I was being told that recommending fasting was such a gross violation of the standard of medical practice that it rose to the level of criminal negligence. So I'm just glad now I feel joy every day not being in prison, you know, for doing what we do. We're doing the same thing we did then, but now instead of being criminal quacks, we're cutting edge researchers because now it's beginning beginning to become more accepted. So we're going to do this research. We're training doctors. We have a residency training for doctors that want to go to heaven instead of hell. They can come here and how to use diet and fasting to help people actually get well. Uh, and I, we're having a good time. This is the best uh, most joyful, happy time uh, that we've ever had. Now, we've had some challenges this year. Uh, COVID was a bit of a problem. 15% of our patients normally come from foreign countries. 
they had to stop because uh, some of the foreign countries don't want Americans anymore. I think Canada may be building a wall to keep us out. I'm not sure. And uh, so that cut down our patients. So we've been able to see more local people, which has been been interesting. You know, in the past, we kept such a low profile. Most of the local people didn't even know we were here because uh, most of my talks and lectures were always out of state or out of country. But now we're seeing more local people. So that's exciting. And, you know, the fires that we had recently in Sonoma County, although they weren't any kind of a threat to us directly, the smoke and other things was really distracting and discouraging. And people that watched certain news broadcasts thought all of California had burned to a crisp or something. And so they were discouraged. And so we had our own uh, turmoils. But now I'm glad that's all behind us and things seem to be moving forward uh, uh, full speed ahead. Well, Dr. Goldhammer, we appreciate your work. I think what's really interesting, you've recently partnered with um, a couple of food delivery companies that allow you to order because, you know, for some people it's still just, even though it seems pretty easy, we're going to interview Dr. Ramsey's on the next show. He's going to teach us how to cook without so salt, oil, sugar, and still make it taste yummy. But not everybody can pull that off. Some people are just busy or whatever. So Mama Says, yeah, Mama Says uh, and Leafside, both of are now offering True North Health approved uh SOS free food as options. You, you need to let them know, but if you do, they, anything Leafside makes can be made SOS free. Mama Says has a whole True North Health approved uh, package. And these companies are delivering to people anywhere in the country uh, healthy food that they can you know, heat and eat or freeze or uh, travel with. And so it's a, a huge convenience. And now that people are asking for SOS free food, there's more and more opportunities uh, that are going to be available. And in fact, Ramses is providing some recipes to both of these companies that they're using. And hopefully there'll be other companies coming along offering this SOS free option. You know, we, we, we coined that meme many years ago, trying to describe how the diet we recommend is different than, say, a regular vegan diet. You know, as you pointed out, vegan diets could be healthier, they could be very unhealthy because Coca-Cola and French fries and potato chips could all be vegan. It doesn't mean they're you necessarily healthy. You have mac healthy. and cheese vegan, it's gross. Exactly. So what, we're, what we describe is a whole plant food diet that's SOS free. And that SOS norm, or, or meme, excuse me, is now being commonly used to describe, you know, a healthier version of vegetarian food. And so that, I'm really glad it was done consciously and it actually worked. So I'm, I'm pleased with that. Awesome. Well, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Where do you get your vitamin joy other than helping patients and changing lives every day? And any vitamin joy challenge for listeners out there? Like what can they do if they've got to do one thing? Where can they start? Well, just remember the cause of health is healthful living. So focus on healthful living, diet, sleep and exercise. And if you get all that stuff taken care of, you're going to be healthy. And then at least, you know, you'll be in a position to develop the effective relationships that you'll need in order to sustain your happiness. It's always a pleasure to talk to Dr. Alan Goldhammer. Dr. G, thank you for coming on this new podcast. I really appreciate you. I appreciate your work in the world. And I'm so glad you're finally doing other podcasts and getting out there so more people can discover your great work. You can find more on Dr. Goldhammer, read articles, medical journals, and get a ton of information about his work at healthpromoting.com. You can also check out True North Health Center in Santa Rosa, California. Your vitamin joy challenge this week is to try it for a day. Add no salt, add no sugar, add no oil or meat for a day. Then maybe try it for two days. See how you feel. It might not be joyful at first, but maybe the results will be. 
Stay tuned. In the next month, I'll be interviewing the head chef at True North Health to talk about how to make cooking without salt, oil, or sugar actually really yummy and joyful. So hopefully that will help. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll have show notes on my website with links to some of the resources Alan Goldhammer talked about at shelbystanger.com forward slash vitamin joy. For the parts about things like cell apoptosis and mTOR and all these detailed scientific things, if you're really interested in that stuff, check out a dear friend's podcast. Her name is Rhonda Patrick and she has a podcast called Found My Fitness. She gets super deep into this stuff and she loves using the word apoptosis. We'll have Rhonda on an upcoming episode, but check out her podcast for now. This podcast, Vitamin Joy, is produced by Starburn Audio and edited by the awesome Mackenzie Mizell. As always, I appreciate when you subscribe to this show, Vitamin Joy, and when you write a review, if you can, on Apple Podcasts. I love reading reviews, especially the ones that are good. They mean a ton to me. I read all of them. So with that, I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Eat healthy, make time for laughter, let go of stress as much as you can, try to sleep, but most of all, don't forget to dose yourself with a little vitamin joy.